Hi there, this is Uli Langenberg from Uli's Famous Sausage and you are listening to the Sound Rider Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show. A candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. Well, some people are probably wondering why we had Uli open up the show. A lot of people know who he is. He's the guy who makes the... The sausage down in Pike's Place Market. Yeah. World famous. But uh, Uli rides a BMW, and we've caught him on it many a time because he commutes on it back and forth. So uh, I caught up with him the other day at the Seattle Wine and Food event, and I had him cut an ID for our dining show, and I thought, hey, I'm going to have him cut an ID for Soundwriter too. So Yeah, some of the best sausages in Seattle, maybe the world. Greetings, everybody. I'm Tom Aaron, along with your co-host, Derek Roberts. Welcome to the Soundwriter Show. During the show, we focus on motorcycling news, events, and people around the Pacific Northwest and beyond. This is the March 2015 show, show number 1502. And here's Derek to let you know what's happening on the program today. Well, great to be here, Tom, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in again to our March show. And I think I'm going to go ahead and consider this the first show of spring. I'm in a hurry for some sunny weather. I don't know about you, Tom. I'm going to consider it the first show of summer. First show of summer. Hey, I'm on board for that. And speaking of summertime weather, which means good riding weather, lots of interesting stuff coming to the area, including some great little news tidbits and a lot of things on the calendar, which we're going to get to. And speaking of news, some things that we're going to talk about a little bit later, but uh, there is a new motorcycle rally coming to Oregon. And there's also uh, some dates coming up for some Sound Rider events that are going to be happening this summer. So stay tuned. We'll get into that a little bit later. And uh, speaking of events this summer and events this month here in March, uh, we've got a new poker run coming to the area. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about that in the calendar segment. And then, of course, the Inland Northwest Motorcycle Show and Sale out in Spokane, Washington. So we're going to be keeping an eye on that here at Sound Rider. And speaking of that show, today's guest... One of today's guests, that is, is going to be Chris Cody, who is the organizer of the aforementioned Inland Northwest Motorcycle Show and Sale. And we're also going to have Kevin Davis, who is the uh, show organizer for Euromoto, another great event that's going to be coming downtown Seattle here uh, just in April, I believe. So uh, we've got all kinds of great stuff coming up, so make sure you stay tuned. And uh, you know what, Tom? Let's just go ahead and jump in. Uh, We've got something on on the top of our minds here, and that's the lane-splitting bill. What can you tell us about that? Well... It's uh, it's not the end of the session yet, and I know that it's still alive as of this recording, but it hasn't been uh, making it through the house too well. There was a uh, press release that went out the other day from AMA. They've been supporting all the lane splitting bills in every state that's got them on the docket this year. So uh, I don't know. What do you think about lane splitting? You do that? Uh, well, you know, my experience with motorcycling thus far has been on rather low-powered motorcycles, so I don't have too much opportunity for lane splitting. But, you know, I feel the same way about lane splitting, I guess, as I do about uh, helmet laws, and that is if people want to take the risk, um, I think people should be have the opportunity to make that decision. Uh, freedom, as they sometimes say, is the freedom to do stupid things, even if that may or may not be lane splitting. Yeah, and I don't know how it would apply if it's just for um – interstates or for highways because you know i was going up aurora this morning and there's always a log jam of people trying to get in downtown and the guys on the motorcycles are just in line with everybody else and i'm wondering if they'd be able to lane split down uh, aurora well i can definitely see a huge benefit to the commuters here especially in a 
you know, a crowded metro population like Seattle, uh, which is notorious for its uh, bad traffic. And I think, um, you know, personally, I would definitely take advantage of that. You know, you want to keep your eyes open. You want to uh, make sure you're making the right decision. And that is a risk that you do have to take. But I can definitely see some benefit there. Yeah, it's not something I think I want to do, but I'm not much of a commuter anymore since I work out of home and, and that sort of thing. But uh, And I don't know. It's always kind of spooky to me when some guy comes flying by me if I'm in the car down in San Francisco. And, I'm, and you know, they, they, they lane split down in California. They don't care how fast the traffic's moving or how slow it is. They just, they just do it. Uh, you know, one of the things is that for years, California never had a lane splitting law. Sure. The, and the fact was they didn't have one, which meant you could do it. Right. And that's, I mean, that's something that, uh, you know, Washington riders, if it does go through uh, and does become legal here, that's something that uh, riders are going to have to be on the lookout for is some sort of transition period, right? Because uh, fellow motorists, drivers and cars aren't going to be aware that uh, motorcycles might be splitting in between traffic. There. Exactly. So there and it'll freak a, them out the first few times it happens. There's definitely going to be some transition period with uh, probably a few horror stories to tell, unfortunately. All right. Well, I want to take this uh, part of the program and give everybody an update on what's going on with the Soundwriter events for 2015. Uh, The first one is the Cafe to Cafe Grand Tour, which has been doing swimmingly well on registrations. Uh, Advanced registration has been awesome. So those packages are shipping out uh, today, which is Friday the, the 27th, so that you guys get them on the 28th, and you can start doing your writing on the 1st of March. Uh, you don't have to be pre-registered. You can sign up after the fact. We have people who sign up all the way through the summer, too. Uh, it's a, it's a, for those who don't know what Cafe to Cafe is, it's a, uh, an event that goes on for seven months. We give you a list of 15 restaurants. You've got to ride to them. And you take your picture out front with your number card, and then you turn that all in. You win a nice little personalized plaque. We have bonus points. We have uh, discounts coming from the restaurants. So it kind of makes up for the cost of your package if you take advantage of all the discounts. And a great little extra motivation there, right, to keep getting out, riding to new places, seeing new things. I mean, uh, this is one of the favorite things that we do here, for me anyway, at Soundrider, because it is uh, you do have that time frame. It's open. You just, it's great encouragement just to get out there and ride. And, uh, of course, Tom knows his way around some pretty good cafes and restaurants, so uh, never to be disappointed on that end either. I know where some good corners are, too, and those get added in. So when you get the list, you not only get the list of restaurants, but you get a list of roads near each restaurant that are fun to play on. So, so that's happening. Uh, things are coming together for Rally in the Gorge. There's a lot of planning going on right now. We're talking about the different seminars. And so in March, uh, look for a newsletter on Rally in the Gorge and look for updates to the website to give you more detail about what's happening this summer. Uh, that's going to be at the end of August uh, before Labor Day weekend, not on Labor Day weekend this year. So you won't have to deal with the traffic going home. Uh, the Road Trip 2015, the first draft is done on that for the route. Uh, you're going to be down in Napa on Tuesday and Wednesday night. It's going to take two days to get down to Napa from Ashland, Oregon. Now, you know, you could do that in about four or five hours, but that's what we do on the road trip. We go and take all the little cool side roads. So we'll be uh, winding you through all the uh, Siskiyous and the Trinity Alps area there. Uh, and then we'll get you down to Napa. We've got a loop day, we call it, on, on Wednesday. That means you're going to be in the same place Tuesday and Wednesday night. And we'll just do a loop ride on Wednesday through the Napa region and Sonoma. Um, 
plenty of good restaurants in there. You need to get some wine to take back to hotel at night. You can do that. Um, it's going to be a good time. And then we're going to take two days to get back up to the border of Oregon. So, again, lots of side roads, cool, interesting stuff. Uh, something called the Jefferson State Highway that I just bumped into. So we'll be doing that. Uh, and that will be in October, first week of October. And finally, we changed the dates on the Sasquatch Tool Sport Tour. We moved them into July. They'll be uh, July 6th through the 10th. So you can do your uh, 4th of July weekend and then make your way on down to Astoria, where we're going to kick that off at. And uh, Bob and I are working on the route for that right now. And again, on all these events, we'll be doing updates on all of them and getting the registration kicked in for Road Trip and Sasquatch. You can register now for the Rally in the Gorge or the Cafe to Cafe. And uh, that is my little update on what's going on with all the Soundwriter events. And we're going to be back in a moment here with News Bites. This episode of the Sound Rider Show is made possible in part by Skagit Power Sports. Hi, everyone. This is Bill Cameron from Skagit Power Sports. We're the largest motorcycle dealer in the North Sound. Come on in and check out all the latest models from Yamaha, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Ducati, and KTM. Want to take a demo ride? Bring your endorsement and you can do just that. We also carry a large selection of premium used bikes, parts, and accessories. Be sure to check out our website at SkagitPowerSports.com. Welcome back to the Soundwriters Show, and uh, let's take a look at some of the regional motorcycling news around the Pacific Northwest, uh, kicking off with, uh, looks like a new rally in Pendleton, Oregon. What can you tell us about that, Tom? Well, the uh, Folkstead Brothers, who are the guys who originated the Hell's Canyon Motorcycle Rally, um, uh, Eric, brother Eric, has sold his shares out. So Steve is running the Hell's Canyon all himself. And Eric is going to go to work with Travel Oregon, and they're going to put together a motorcycle week in Pendleton, Oregon, which will happen, I believe it's going to be in August or late July. Late July is the dates on it. Um, I was a little bit concerned about this the other day because I thought, you know, is there's like some sibling rivalry going on between sure. the two brothers? And uh, it turns out there's not at all. They, they get along just great. And uh, things are going to happen with Steve that, that I can't really tell you right now either. Uh, but it's all good stuff. And so Eric's going to be doing this event. They're going to basically take over the if – you, if you can imagine there's such a thing, the Pendleton Convention Center. Oh, that sounds like an exciting place. Probably next to the feed store. I don't know. Sure. Or maybe it is the feed store. <laughs> But there is a fairground across from there, and so they're going to be using the uh, convention center to do all the indoor vendors and that sort of thing. Uh, they'll be having a bike show, and then they'll be doing some racing over on the um, um, over at the track across the way there at the fairground. So that's all going to be happening. Um, 
other things that they'll be doing. They'll be doing some poker run and fun run type things. And there's some places to ride around there that are pretty nice. You know, everybody who's been into Central Eastern Oregon knows there's just some awesome roads Beautiful. out there. Beautiful country. And uh, and there's and then there's they're, they're right up next to the Blue Blue Mountains there. So uh, some of that area will be utilized for the rides as well. So it looks like a good deal. And we'll be getting on. Uh, we'll be doing an interview or getting on the phone with Eric about this as we get closer to the date. But uh, that was uh, something that came up this week that I was pretty interested in yeah. and wanted to know more about. Gonna I know be other an, people do. It's so. going to be an awesome July to be riding out here in the Northwest. I mean, got all kinds of stuff. We got the Sasquatch. We got this uh, new uh, rally going down in Pendleton, Oregon. Uh, going to be something for every weekend there. And throwing yeah. the 4th of July, man, it's going to be a great, great summer. Could be a smoking weekend down there in Pendleton one way or another. That's right. <laughs> Uh, the other thing that came up uh, news bites wise this this month was um, the guys who do the AIM Expo, which is uh, an American International Motorcycle Expo. I think that's correct. Um, they they are going to take it on the road. They want to do a series of shows through different cities, kind of the way we see the International Motorcycle Show now. So uh, and probably a good idea too. I mean, that's something that uh, we run into uh, so much here at Sound Riders. Just uh, you know, trying to reach the next generation of riders and that kind of thing. And that's something that we've talked about internally between the two of us, Tom, of course, is that a lot of these uh, people talk about it, but they're not making the effort. So this is good to see just another traveling expo yeah, just I to agree. expose people more. So Yeah, and and, uh, and I hope that they do uh, put Seattle on the list. I know it's been a tough city for the International Motorcycle Show the last few years, but uh, I don't want to see us get left behind on that. We're, we're certainly having no shortage of motorcycle shows right now if they do come up. But uh, nonetheless, like you say, we got to get more people riding. We got to get you know more people fired up. And having these kind of shows is one way to do it for sure. Absolutely. Let's get some more people out there on bikes. I mean, so much great riding here in the Northwest. And it's just so much fun to be out there. And a great family activity, great individual activity. So let's promote the sport. Exactly. So uh, so that's our News Bites, and, and uh, if you want to follow along with our News Bites through the month, we keep a rolling feed going on SoundRider, or if you've got Facebook or Twitter, you can uh, follow us there and find out things as we find them out daily and uh, get those alerts. That's right, and speaking of rolling feeds, right, let's go right into our next one. We've got a lot of events coming to the area this spring. Uh, what's happening in the calendar? We've got a whole lot of stuff going on in March, uh, starting off with uh, March 7th, the Northwest Wings Motorcycle Drill Team Fiesta. KBN. Uh, si, senor. I think that is where we blend together the gold wings and the Mexican food. And I love Mexican food. You and like Mexican food. I do. And uh, you're a Honda guy, too. So this is the perfect fit for you, right? Yeah. And, and I want it to be nice and hot like it is in Mexico That's on that right. day. Muy caliente. So that'll be going on. There's a link on the calendar to the northwestwings.org website for more information about that. Uh, and then starting on Friday the 13th, another Friday the 13th. Another one and a couple of things coming up here. Yeah, so Friday the 13th and Saturday the 14th and Sunday the 15th, you got the Inland Northwest Motorcycle Show and Sale in Spokane. And shortly here, we're going to have the promoters on the phone, and we'll be talking with, uh, well, we'll have Chris on the phone with us, and we'll be talking more about that in a moment here. Um, and then on the 13th, also, if you're staying on this side, by the way, if it's a nice day, 
on that weekend, on Friday, I'm going to head out to Spokane. I think that's a good idea. And uh, now what's going to be your preferred route there? Because for people maybe who aren't familiar with the area, there's I-90, the super slab that will pretty much connect us here along the northern part of Washington. But uh, I'm sure uh, Tom Marin here, the uh, auspicious author of so many guides to uh, western Washington, eastern Washington, has maybe a few alternate routes up uh, up his sleeve. What can you tell us about that? Um my challenge to anybody from the Puget Sound who's going to ride out to Spokane is you can't go on I-90. Stay off of I-90. Uh, Highway 2 would be the obvious route, but there are many roads that parallel Highway 2 between here and there that you can ride. So you can take off for a little while and go explore some other stuff. Uh, there's some stuff south of I-90 you can go and explore. And there's actually a really cool road that goes between I-90 and Highway 2 out there in the uh, – oh, Jesus, like the nowhere land. Sure. Uh, A lot of open country in the center of Washington here. Yeah, so, you know, just grab your atlas and find those back roads and plan uh, taking twice as long as it would otherwise and have a good time. And, yeah, maybe if we're going to be riding from west to east, uh, kick off early on Friday, uh, meander about out there, spend Saturday at the motorcycle show in Spokane, and then take a leisurely ride back on Sunday. I think that's my plan, weather permitting, because I don't want to do that in the rain. And it can get windy, too. Uh, if you're going to stay in Puget Sound, if you live here, uh, South Sound Motorcycles will have a bike swap on the 13th and the 14th. That's Friday and Saturday, and you can go down and check out what bikes are for sale, or you can also go down and register your bike in and put it up for sale that weekend. And usually a pretty good turnout from what I understand. So maybe if you're looking for a new bike or looking to uh, maybe shed one from the uh, collection in anticipation of getting a new one this summer, that'd be a good event to go and check out. And what I'm seeing here is, as usual, they'll have, well, they say refreshments. Um, sometimes they have food trucks. Sometimes they have a food vendor down there. So you never know. Sounds like a fun time either way. And that's beginning on the 13th, just coming up here in a couple of weeks. And so um, out in Mattawa, the French Motorcycle Club, which is a, a pretty heavy-duty dirt bike group out that way, is going to be doing their dirty poker run on Saturday the 14th. So if you uh, want to throw the dirt bikes in the truck and head on out there, that's a good place to do it. A little bit early in the year, so you know it's going to be cold in the morning, but it uh, should be pretty nice in the daytime. And just to be clear, that was the Fringe Motorcycle Club, not the French Motorcycle Club, right? Right. Okay, it's I, the just fringe, want, yeah. I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, it's not the French on the Fringe. That's right. <laughs> Uh, on the 19th, a uh, couple things going on. Uh, at Ride West BMW, there will be a Northwest Passage Adventure Route presentation put on by David Peterson of Best Dressed Products. And uh, he and some of his uh, uh, customers and friends the last few years have sort of been charting out this route that goes uh, west to east across Washington State and uh, winds up over in Idaho. And then they have a, uh, a different return route if you want to take it as a loop. And as a dual sport guy, i got to tell you, this looks really interesting to me here. I'm just reading through the description and just a few highlights. Uh, as, you know, Along the Canadian border, entering into Idaho around Priest Lake, then eastward into northwestern Montana. Really just gorgeous country. I mean, you really can't get any better than that as far as riding is concerned. Yeah, and not a lot of people think about doing that. They think about doing a WABDR going north sure. to south or south to north, and that's all That's all fine. It's good to do that too. But this is uh, kind of a unique route that David's carved out with, with a few other people here, and I, I think it's going to be uh, kind of interesting. I, I believe they have maps now, 
and uh, there should be a website up about it. So, anyways, check more out about that at Ride West BMW. If uh, dual sport and adventure touring isn't your thing, and you're more into tanks and helmets and custom paint, then uh, you're going to want to check out the third annual Tanks and Helmet Exhibit, which will be held here in Seattle at a location unknowns to me unless I go to the website. So you can do that from the calendar page. And this will be uh, featuring 35 artists, 25 helmets, and 10 tanks, all custom painted. And that is uh, one of the beauties about living in Seattle here. Uh, you do get the opportunity to mix uh, some eclectic, uh, maybe sort of, some, I guess maybe some more eclectic work uh, as far as art and helmets and tanks are concerned. But, hey, it should be a neat, a neat event, so why not get down there and uh, take a look, see what they have to offer. On the 21st, heading out of Hinshaw's Motorcycles is going to be the third installment of this year's Green Freeze Ride. You don't need to have done the other two to do this one. And uh, then it will end with the banquet location, which is uh, information about that's on their website. I don't have that handy here. And uh, that kind of wraps up March. I do, do want to mention one event that's going on in April, and that's going to be the Euromoto 2015 Motorcycle Show at the Seattle Exhibition Hall. Uh, right there in Seattle Center. This will be the fourth annual, and shortly here we're going to have Kevin Davis in the studio, and we're going to interview him about the event that he is the promoter for now. Yep, coming up here on just April 11th, so we're looking forward to that, and uh, we are also going to be down there. Sound Rider will be down there, so hope to see uh, all you uh, listeners uh, down there as well. All right, well, there's more going on than we can mention here, so for a full rundown of all the events, go to soundrider.com and click on Calendar. If you've got an event that you want to have posted up on our calendar page, you just click on uh, Submit an Event, and that'll take you to the page where you fill out the form. We will be right back. This is Tad Haas. Hi, and I'm Gayla Gutierrez of Motostays.com. You're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Hi, I'm Jim from Seattle. My primary bike is a Triumph Explorer 1200. My favorite riding is in northern British Columbia. This episode of the Sound Rider Show is made possible in part by Ride West BMW. Hi, this is Dave Sweezy with Ride West BMW, the only exclusive BMW motorcycle dealer in the region. Do you own a BMW or thinking about getting into one? Across three decades, Ride West has provided sales and service to BMW owners from around the Pacific Northwest and around the world. And BMW motorcycles is all we do. Our sales staff and technicians are some of the best in the region. Stop by and visit us on Lake City Way in Seattle soon. We are here with one of our interviewees today. It is Chris Cody from the Inland Northwest Motorcycle Show that happens every year in Spokane. And uh, I'm going to let Derek take over. And that's right. Also known maybe as the Spokane Motorcycle Show. Chris, thank you so much for being uh, here on the uh, Soundwriter Show with us, maybe on what we'll call the Honda Hotline, maybe, huh, Tom? But, uh, Chris, let's get right into it here. Why don't we just start off maybe with uh, a little bit of the nuts and bolts of the Inland Northwest Motorcycle Show and Sale. Uh, what can just, you, you just give me the rundown here, maybe dates and times, costs and that kind of thing, so people can get a nice primer. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me on today. The uh, 2015 show will be our 12th annual show here in Spokane. happens at the Spokane County Fair and Expo Center, or other words, the Spokane Fairgrounds. It'll happen in March 13, 14, and 15. The show will open on Friday and will run from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Friday. Saturday, the hours are 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., and on Sunday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. There's lots of free parking at the fairgrounds, and admission is going to be $10 cash at the door. Kids, 6 to 12 or 5 bucks. Under 5 is free. But right now, if you visit an area dealer or an area motorcycle shop here in Spokane, we've got $2 discount coupons. Save you a couple bucks at the door. And so or, that's, I'm sorry, you, that's, that's 8 or uh, $10 for the entire weekend, so our listeners know that, right? Absolutely, yeah. One one ticket price gets you in the entire weekend. You just get your hand stamped. We've got a, a invisible ink, a black light ink that'll they'll stay on for a couple of days. So you know, no chance you're washing it off. Well, that's great, and that's I mean a whole weekend of fun there. And uh, you mentioned twelfth uh, annual, and that's uh, something that I kind of wanted to get into with you here. Uh, who uh, I understand originally the uh, starter of the event twelve years ago was actually your uh, your father. Can you tell us maybe a little bit about that? Absolutely. My dad here in Spokane had done the RV show for many, many years and kind of grew up around shows and the like. And in college, a couple of buddies and I started riding motorcycles, and we actually planned a giant six-week, 7,000-mile motorcycle trip. We left Seattle and headed for Sturgis, but went to San Diego first. Well, that seems so, like I, a that's a good detour, though. I think if I was going to suggest one, that would be the top of my list there. <laughs> It was the ride of a lifetime, I'll tell you that much, still going down uh, PCH and coming all the way back up. So I uh, we went to Sturgis and, and came back, and I told Dad, we we got to do this motorcycle show. And he said, no, no, not, not going to do a motorcycle show. And the next year, went out to Sturgis again and came home and said, we got to do this motorcycle show. And it, it took some convincing. And finally, I said, Dad, why, why aren't we doing this motorcycle show? Sure. And he said... Because I just don't want to deal with the 18 to 25-year-old crowd. Interesting. <laughs> we wish it was 18 to 25-year-old crowd. Yeah. I, I kind of looked at him and I said, that, that's not who rides motorcycles. Right. I said, the motorcycle community is so diverse. It, it's, you know, it's not the sons of anarchy, if you will, that, that people watch. I mean, there's, there's doctors, there's lawyers, there's women. I mean, there, there's huge growth of women that we've seen over the last couple of years in motorcycles and women riders. Uh, in fact, here in Spokane, one of our uh, schools is owned by a, a female. So That's it's great. fantastic, the, the diverseness of the motorcycle crowd. And it anyway, sounds like, I, in I, your personal experience, too, also a lot of families, right? I mean, that's something that uh, often gets discounted. But uh, we do see you know, a lot of uh, you know, young kids with uh, their dads or their moms, as it may be, uh, out there riding, especially, I would imagine, sort of out in your part of the world there in eastern Washington. We do, Absolutely. And uh, so why don't we talk a little bit about what people can expect to see at the show then? I mean, I'm looking at the website here. No, wait, I have a question. All right, fire away. Uh, Your father did this in partnership with Jim, correct? He did, huh? So where is Jim in all this now? I I, I know that you're running the show. Are are both those guys working for you? Are you working them over? What's going on? I I actually have uh, purchased Jim's interest in it and, and in the process of pushing Dad out of the way so he can go retire. So Jim and uh, Steve had worked together on the RV show for many years. So when the motorcycle show, I finally convinced them to do it. They worked together for many years, and it came to a point where 
I told the guys, I said, hey, I want to do this. You guys go retire, and uh, and I've taken the show over. Okay, good. Good to, good to know. Go ahead, Jerry. So, yeah, let's just get back then. What can some of the people expect then when they come out there to the uh, Inland Northwest Motorcycle Show? What are some of the highlights that people can look forward to? Sure. Well, this year this year we have something really exciting. We're going to bring the Seattle Cossacks over, and they're going to perform daily at the show. Nice. They're going to they're going to perform once on Friday, three times on Saturday, and twice on Sunday. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with the Seattle Cossacks, but for those that don't know, these guys ride old vintage Harleys and build pyramids while they're riding. Almost think think cheerleader pyramid. And these guys do this on Harleys while riding. Yeah, and, and I, you guys can add to that. Yeah, and I understand. I think uh, right now the bikes range, and they're all uh, in original condition there. And I think they all range from either the 1930s. I think the newest, if you will, Harley that they're riding is 1949. So if you're a, definitely if you're a vintage enthusiast there, um, that's going to be something to look forward to. And uh, it looks like too, just a lot of great vendors and that kind of thing. Um, do you maybe have uh, something or a few a few things or retailers or anything like that that you'd like to mention? You know, we've got some fantastic things over here in Spokane. One thing that we don't have here in Spokane is Indian. We don't have an Indian dealer on the east side of the mountains, except for Kennewick. So Thunder Alley Moto out of uh, the Tri-Cities has been generous enough, and they're going to make the drive up to Spokane and bring Indian this year uh, for the first time and represent Indian here in Spokane. So we're really excited to have that product. Yeah, that's great. And uh, also just like, again, uh, checking out the website, which uh, I would encourage our uh, listeners to do, SpokaneMotorcycleShow.com. But uh, it also looks like we've got, uh, what is it, a 1,000 horsepower 400 mile 400 mile per hour piece of art on display and that hey, looks like a the, land speed racer the there. triumph castrol rocket that looks uh, like that'd be something pretty neat to uh, get down there and see you got it the, uh, the the folks over there at empire cycle they were uh, i guess just uh, awesome enough to get this in the works and get it to spokane it is the uh, triumph castrol rocket streamliner and this is the this is the bike that goes down to the Bonneville uh, Salt Flats down there in Utah, and this is a 100,000 horsepower, 400 mile an hour machine, wow. and we'll have it on display at the show. I wish we had a place to uh, fire it up and run it. I was going to uh, say, how we don't have enough we don't have enough straight miles. What's the str- what's the straightest part of I-90? Can we try to get that <laughs> thing up to a thousand miles per hour there? Uh, and then it also looks like something, a uh, kind of a fun thing down here. Uh, what's this, uh, the motorcycle money machine? Absolutely. Everybody who buys a bike at the show, we put them in a motorcycle money machine. You've seen it on TV where, where people get into a, a contraption and money's blown all around them. Okay. And it's just something fun to do. It, it's an incentive to buy a bike at the show on, on top of the great deals. We're going to have get you this fun experience to be in the motorcycle money machine for 30 seconds after you buy a bike. Now, that kind of looks like a telephone booth. Can I make a telephone call out of there when somebody's not in it? You know, if you, if yourself, if you get cell reception, why not? That's Tom? right. And don't ask me how I know uh, money, uh, money booth strategy here, but I understand in those situations the thing to do is lick your arms so the dollar bills will stick to you. So for, for what it's worth... <laughs> Take that into consideration. That's another reason to listen to the Soundwriter Show. That's right. Now, uh, I want to ask you, too, uh, here, Chris, um, because we're going to have a lot of people who obviously listen on the west side of the state here, and a lot of people are going to be riding from uh, west to east. And uh, we were talking a little earlier in the show about, you know, making a weekend of it, assuming we've got some good weather here. Do you have any local maybe afternoon rides 
you know, guys come out there, they uh, ride out on Friday, they check out the show on Saturday, and maybe they're looking for, you know, a nice little area to go ride for two or three hours in the morning before they head back. Do you have any local suggestions there? You know, there, there's lots of places to ride, and the best suggestion I would give to you is there's hundreds of bikes and, you know, thousands of people that come to this show, and in the parking lot there's hundreds of hundreds of bikes in the parking lot. I would just ask one of those guys and say, hey, wh- where are we going today? And you know, meet up with a group of guys and, and go have some fun. You know, I've never heard of any. I usually motorcyclists aren't too talkative, so I don't know if that would work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, I have uh, I have a favorite there that is nearby there, and that is uh, Steptoe Butte to the south. And that sounds that like a good one. That sounds like a great suggestion too. And like I said, we're gonna have a lot of people hopefully riding out from the western part of the state. So uh, I think that's a great suggestion though that Chris made to uh, you know just talk to the people there and uh, find some local area rides. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Lake Coeur d'Alene is another beautiful ride, especially the, the east side of the lake. That way it's uh, hanging off to your, your right side and you're not looking across traffic. To, and that's, to you know, in Lake Coeur d'Alene there, for people who haven't been there, that is really just one of the most underrated spots in the entire country maybe for natural beauty. And they got a floating restaurant out there on the north they end. Do. Yeah. Flo- so it opens up at 4. I can tell you that. I know that. And it sounds like another good suggestion. Again, something you only hear on the uh, Sound Rider show. <laughs> well, Chris, uh, no, no, hold on. I got a question for Chris. Chris, uh, the diversity of the show. A um, lot of people over over past years have complained that maybe it's just a little too cruiser focused. Uh, how do you see yourself broadening the show out this year? Sure. This year, Tom, I would say it's probably a little cruiser heavy. But uh, taking over the show and giving my ideas, you know, the the adventure market is just absolutely absolutely exploding, and th- that's a an area that we really want to grow in the future years and uh, get get more diverse like that because that is a, a common thing that we've heard that this show is, is cruiser heavy. But I think that we see that growth in the adventure market, and it's definitely something that we're going to turn to in years to come. Okay. Well, all in all, it sounds like it's going to be a, a terrific experience and another terrific show out there in Spokane. Uh, Chris Cody, uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show here. And again, just for all our listeners, I want to remind them that's going to be March 13th to the 15th, and 10 bucks will get you in for the whole weekend. Or if you buy your tickets in advance, it's just 8 bucks. Uh, Chris, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll see you in Spokane, huh? Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Hi, my name is Alan Ayers uh, from White Center, Washington. Uh, one of my favorite rides that we do quite often is go up through Greenwater over the Natchez Trail, come out over in Yakima. Uh, I do it on my Honda NC700X. Uh, not many people do it on that bike, and I get some strange looks, but it works great. Hi, this is Rich from Rich's Custom Motorcycle Seats, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. We are joined today by Kevin Davis, who is the promoter of the Euro Moto Show 2015. This is his first year as promoter. And Derek, go ahead and take over. So the Euro Moto Show, it's going to be coming to Seattle here on April 11th. And, uh, of course, you know, a lot of our listeners and uh, us included here at Sound Rider, uh, we're pretty familiar with the motorcycle show scene. So I want to start off, Kevin. I want to ask you, what makes the Euro Moto Show different? Well, that's a good question. 
Obviously, by the name, it's European motorcycles and scooters only. Okay. And uh, premium apparel and gear. This is the fourth annual. The last three years, it's been at the Linwood uh, Convention Center. Decided to move it to a better central location for the Seattle-Tacoma area to the Exhibition Hall in the Seattle Center. Sure. I was born in Ballard. I have roots to the Seattle Center. You know, it's kind of neat to be building a show around the Space Needle and Yeah, well, it makes it a little easier there. to connect with people, I would yeah. imagine, too, right? Absolutely. And all the vendors I'm working with, when they heard the concept of moving it to the Seattle Center around January 1st, was very, very positive. Uh, but what's different about the show? <clears throat> it's a spring event. So historically, the last few years, it's been a destination ride to the show. Although last year, the show was March 1st and 2nd. It's a two-day show, okay. Saturday and Sunday, not a three-day show. So it's actually moved to April 11th and 12th this year, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, we've done that on purpose because last year it snowed during the show. It can be a little tricky in March. And uh, well, and then, of course, this year we've had some beautiful winter days, but hopefully April will have bring right. some sunshine to the area. Yeah. So this is kind of like a, a massive Eurocentric uh, spring meetup. Sure. And, and, you know, that sounds kind of hypey as I say it, but that's really uh, what the fourth annual, annual is about. And the... Other large features, we have demo rides. And that's something that we want to get to here in just a second. But I want to ask you now, this sounds like this is your uh, your first year as a promoter. Have you been uh, involved uh, historically with the Euromoto show? No, in fact, I'm brand new to the... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yes. I've never seen a motorcycle. I was <laughs> the uh, general manager of Ducati Bellevue up to New Year's. Okay, great. And created the Ducati Bellevue display at the show in 2012 and 13 and 14. I pretty much bought into the biggest space you could – well, no, actually I did because I'm a European motorcycle scooter fanatic. Fanatic, yeah. And believed in the the concept of the show. Jim Boltz, who's owned the Linwood Cycle Barn, Smoky Point Cycle Barn, Old Emerald City, Harley, and uh, you know, with the moving now of Triumph of Seattle, has historically owned the show. Um, I – just want to take it to the next level. Yeah, and uh, we're certainly looking forward to that. Do you have any idea what sort of the history is? I mean, I know this is we're going. This is going to be the fourth year. Is that correct? Correct. What is uh, what was the inspiration uh, for the Euromoto show? Do you have uh, any insight into that? Well, you know, the truth is always best, right? I would. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I was just talking to one of the uh, district managers I've known for decades. Driving here, I won't name the Japanese brand. Good friend, phenomenal brand. Yamaha. <laughs> and uh, uh, we were kind of recapping. Name starts with a Warren. We were kind of recapping the Japanese economy in the last decade. Sure. And I can say this. I used to be uh, an American Suzuki Motor Corporation district sales manager. Okay. So familiar and with that I was that the region. sales manager at Linwood Yamaha for a decade. So I have a lot of background selling very high-quality Japanese motorcycles. But the Japanese economy tanked. A lot of Americans didn't know that. And then the world economy tanked. And then there was a thing that was dev devastating to Japan, the tsunami. Of course. And so as enthusiasts, we haven't seen a lot of product out of Japan. Yamaha actually is on the gas. And, uh, you know, we can kind of pick bikes like the Kawasaki Versus or Honda this. or Sure. But... On the whole, 
for the last decade or half decade, it's been Triumphs out of England, Ducati out of Italy, KTM out of Austria. It's a pretty well-known German brand. Right. <laughs> and uh, other Italian brands, they've been building the exciting stuff. And, right? you know, I don't want to uh, stray too far from the show here, but I do, in my personal opinion here, it kind of seems like that Seattle has been very receptive to European motorcycles. And now someone who's been in the industry for so long, <clears throat> is that your general uh, perception as well over the last couple of years? I mean, it seems like, I mean, if I had to pick a uh, a major metropolitan region that has been uh, very receptive you know, to European brands. It seems like Seattle might be the place. I agree. I think Portland and San Francisco as well. Okay. So you know, kind of a all, West Coast thing. We all thing. know the sure. Portlandia thing. You see a lot of Saabs and Volvos sure. and Ducatis running around Portland and San Francisco is uh, uh, very European. Mm, LA, Orange County, I don't, mm, maybe not. Sure, sure. Yeah. So let me just... Well, uh, we're seeing some of the top dealers here. Moto Guzzi dealer, top dealer is is uh, Moto International. We're seeing uh, top five dealers in BMW and Ducati here, so... Well, yeah. I mean, Ducati Bellevue and Ducati Seattle have historically battled for either ninth or 10th in North America with very seasonal sales. And uh, as we see more and more uh, Japanese retailers leave the area, of course, uh, there's uh, no representation uh, in downtown for Yamaha or Suzuki now. So That's correct. I do. You know what? That's going to change. And I hope it changes. I hope so, I've, too. I've been in this business since I was in high school. And I think, uh, you know, product is always what drives this. And this is the old district manager from me. I actually worked for Corporate Ducati for 11 years after Suzuki. You can have a bunch of P's. You can have programs, and you can have pricing, and you can have promotion. And podcasts. But the truth is, oh, <laughs> yeah, products. Yeah. It's always no. about products. And you're right. Absolutely. I, mean, I, was, I just got here from South Sound BMW in Tacoma. I mean, how, which, which BMW would I buy? There's like six of them. There's a lot of great bikes out there right now. Right. That's for sure. So uh, let's get back to the show here quick, though, Kevin. Uh, let's just run down the details real fast. April 11th, it's going to be a two-day event. And it's going to be at the Seattle Exhibition Hall. Now, this is going to be the first for Seattle Exhibition Hall, or were we here last year? Do I have to say how old I am? <laughs> well, actually, I mean, you don't have to. We okay. can just let's here's, say here's a little bit of trivia. Okay, <clears throat> I started in this industry in 1972. Mm -hmm. In 1978, I promoted a terrible show called the Seattle Motorcycle Show at the Exhibition Hall. <laughs> I learned a lot about shows a long, long time ago. And uh, quite frankly, when I went into the exhibition hall in November, we were, we were kind of looking at different places to move the event south. Went to Hangar 30 at Magnuson Park, just a little too industrial. And went to, where else did we go? I don't remember now. And as I was going down the steps from the sidewalk off Mercer Street, I thought to myself, you know, this place is kind of dark. It's underneath the ballet thing. It's next to the opera house. I don't know when they put $5 million into the exhibition hall, but this is a beautiful hall today. Well, so. it, I mean, it definitely seems like it's going to be a great venue. And uh, I'm, and it seems like to me as well, now this is your mm. first year running things, but an emphasis maybe to make it more of a full-scale two-day event, more of a, you know, more of a thing where people can spend both days down there, more of a festive atmosphere. Is that correct? I, I hope that'll happen. That's you the, know, do you know what I think will happen? I think in 2016 that'll happen. I think in 2015, there's a third aspect that's different about the show I didn't get to, and this is a selling show. Now, by a selling show, what I mean by that is when you go to the Advanced Star Progressive International Motorcycle Show at the Washington Convention Center, I've worked it for like 32 years. Sure. 
you can't buy a motorcycle if you want to. It's part of the show rules. So if there's a bike that you like, doesn't matter what brand, and you get talking to a salesman from a dealership and you decide you want to buy one, all he can do or she can do is give you their business card and say, come see me at the store. Sure. So the Euro Motor Show, this is the fourth year of it, except I'm making a bigger noise about the fact that we have 2.99 retail financing from Freedom Road Financial. We have a used bike marketplace brought to you by soundrider.com. Which is going to be excellent, yeah. We have dealers bringing 2015s, you know, no no super show specials on those, but virtually everybody has non-currents, cutting deals, and uh, it's a selling show. You know, at the IMS show, you could buy a helmet, you can buy a gear, sure. but you can't buy a motorcycle. So it'll be, uh, I think it'll be 2016 when people realize, you know what, this show is different. It's, I can ride a bike. And I could even buy a bike if I wanted to. And that's a, I think that's a really exciting feature, though, because, I mean, that's part, of, that's part of the fun, right, is being in the moment and being able to find something new or used as it may be. But uh, having that connection to actually being able to ride out of there on a new or used motorcycle, I think, is, I think is just an excellent idea. Um, aside from uh, being able to buy a bike, though, maybe uh, you can tell us a little bit about maybe some seminars or speakers that are also going to be featured this year. Yep. I've only got five seminars worked out at this point. Um, a fellow by the name of Tom Marin from Soundwriter is going to talk about I sport touring. I think I've heard touring. of him, yeah. But I'll give you boring seminars. I've sat in too many. So instead, of, I'll give you one example. Sure. Instead of That's having, why you should come to one of mine. They're not boring. Right. <laughs> That's right. Instead we of call having, them events. Um, say, Scoshi from Avon Tires answering questions about tire technology, she will be sitting next to Misty Johnson from Dunlop. And the Michelin and Pirelli brand managers, I don't know their names yet. And this will be a tire question and answer panel. I've asked to be the moderator because some people (laughs) ruin a seminar. But we'll do that once on Saturday and once on Sunday. And I think it'll be a pretty neat thing to listen to. I have a fellow from GoPro who's going to tell you how to best set up your GoPro on your motorcycle. And I think that those are both Excellent ideas. First of all, tires, I mean, that's something that people don't think about enough. The motorcyclists don't think about enough. Right. So I think that's a really good, just uh, nuts and bolts, informative seminar. And, of course, uh, as someone who's been on YouTube more than a few hours, I've seen so much terrible GoPro footage. <laughs> I would really like to have yeah. a more educated populace in that respect. I think this, that's a good idea. This show is about 65% adventure bike riders, by the way. But it's not just adventure bike riders. So another seminar will be Mark DeGross from Two Fast Track Days with a track day orientation seminar to talk to people about why don't you learn how to lean your motorcycle to there and do it on the track. And that's what the seminar – now, that's – Is he going to bring his lean machine? I don't know. You know what? I'll have to ask him that. See, cliffhanger. You know what? He should, shouldn't he? Another yeah. reason. Oh yeah, to it's go. always fun to get on that. He should. I haven't even thought about that. It's Great a it's question. a it's a bike that's set up where you can actually lean out at a at a serious angle and get an idea of what that would feel like. Right. Well, and that's I mean something we talk about here all the time is just improving your skills. And even though it is you know like you said you might have sixty five percent adventure riders, just getting that wide range of experience that's part of what motorcycling is about is continually improving your craft. So I really like to hear that yeah. we'll have uh, a little bit of a variation down there as far as the seminars are concerned. Um, the last question I have for you here is uh, you've talked about, you know, you've been in the industry since high school, and uh, it sounds like you've worked for a lot of different dealers, a lot of different brands. What kind of bike are you on now? 
I have a 1966 Bull Taco 175 Mercurio street bike. It's the most badass motorcycle you could ride. does not have electric quick shift or traction control. And my wife has a CB160 Honda. And now that uh, Ducati's not tattooed on my right arm anymore, <laughs> I think I need a parallel twin BMW. I think whether F800GS or even the F800 or 700 or maybe the revamped F800R. I don't know. All these. I like twins. Now, I, did they make the sale to you today? Because you said you were down no, there in Tacoma. So. No. No, I, not today. No, okay. I made the sale today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think both of those would be uh, would be excellent choices. And I think on that note, just going to remind everybody that the uh, Euromoto Show 2015 is coming up on April 11th. You can go to Euro and 12th. And 12th. That's right. Two-day event. You can go to Euromotoshow.com to find out more information. And, uh, hey, Kevin, thank you so much for coming in. This this was really great. And yeah, thank everybody, you for coming in. Everybody get down there. Check it out. Downtown Seattle, Seattle Exhibition Hall. Uh, we look forward to seeing you down there. Great. Thank you. Hi, I'm Debbie from Preston. Some of my favorite roads are around Mount St. Helens and around Mount Adams. Folks, thanks for tuning in to the Sound Riders show. Uh, welcome back. You know, some interesting and exciting stuff going on here at the uh, Sound Rider corporate headquarters, of course. Uh, recently, Tom, you were featured on the cover of American Motorcyclist. Uh, how did that come about? Well, I originally pitched them on doing a, a monthly column about tips and tricks, touring tips and tricks. And uh, the editor there was intrigued, so I sent him off three months' worth of stuff. And he ran the first first month stuff and then uh, called me the next month after I had already sent him another three months. So he had basically six months of material available. And he called me up and told me that he was going to take 15 of the tips. Normally, they were running five in the monthly column. Sure. They were going to take 15 and turn them into a feature article. And I said, okay, yeah, there's no problem. You can do that. And they had some pictures of me that were shot a few years ago down at Golden Gardens Park. And uh, lo and behold, there I was on the cover of the magazine. I didn't even know that was going to happen. Yeah, well, I tell you what, I had a chance to read the article, and it was a great article. A lot of very good tips in there, so I definitely encourage people to get out and uh, pick up the issue. And if I may say so myself, a pretty damn good picture of you on the cover there, too. So uh, hats off on that regards. But what about uh, for some of the listeners today, how about a few maybe tips and tricks of your own here? I was thinking for the program it might be kind of fun to do some tips and tricks now and then. Maybe not every month, but uh, – but when it when the time is right, and so what I've been doing with this AMA column is I've been inviting members to send me their tips and tricks, and uh, and then I you know if it's a good one I send them out a copy of my book Packing Light Packing Right nice. as a thank you, and uh, uh, if it's not a good one well I might comment back to them and if they worked hard on it I might send a copy of the book to them anyway. I think it's probably a generous offer. But with that said, I bet you have seen quite a variety of tips and tricks coming and a lot of different riding styles out there. I have. And so one of the ones that came in the other day I thought was a little bit interesting was the gentleman suggested that uh, he likes to take a lot of his old clothes with him when he goes on a ride. And I, I know that there are guys who do that, and then they just they just throw them away sure. as they go through the ride. Uh, that, that's not his M.O. What he does is at the end of the ride, he puts them all in a plastic bag and takes them up to the front desk of whatever hotel or campground he's at and asks them to wash his laundry and then uh, donate it to the homeless. 
That is uh, has to be one of the more eclectic uh, suggestions you've received so far. But I don't understand. Is this? Do you think he's using this with his old riding gear, or is this just his old clothing? I mean, usually my riding gear goes until it wears out. Then it's no good to anybody. Uh, I think he's talking about his underwear. I think he's talking about his socks, his t-shirts. Uh, and you know, I I just I, I put myself in that. Uh, in that concierge position and thought, well, some guy's going to hand me a bag of laundry and ask me to clean it for him. Uh, I think that's taken a little too far. That may not be the uh, best tip or trick that I've heard so far, so maybe you could give our listeners a good one here. All right, so here's what I would do in lieu of doing that. You got some old clothes at home that you're not wearing anymore. You take them all cleaned up, put them in a plastic bag, and you take them down to the Salvation Army or the Goodwill or wherever it is that you go. And you keep that separate from your motorcycle riding. Now... Now, and mind you, probably a lot of this stuff this guy had was cotton. So the tip today is going to be stop wearing cotton and start wearing synthetics. They're half the size of cotton. They clean up in half the time. And you can carry, you know, two or three sets of, of uh, base layers or underwear or whatever and not take up a whole lot of room in your bag and just forget about all that donation stuff and forget about carrying all that excess weight and, uh, and just ride light, you know. And that seems to be something, too. I mean, a lot of times you just get into anything. You just use the stuff you have got lying around. But if you haven't used synthetics before, you really notice the difference. I mean, it makes for a much more enjoyable experience. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, that wraps up the show for this month. And we want to thank you all for tuning in. If you have friends that need to know about the show, slip them the link, soundwriter.com backslash show. And there you will find the most recent as well as previous show. We'll see you next time. And in the meantime, I want you to ride safe, ride well, ride often, and don't ride like my mother. And don't ride like my mother either. We'll see you in April. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.